This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil and Mike. We're back at it, and uh, we've got Gus on the line with us as well. How are you, Gus? Good afternoon, good morning, and good night. Hi, guys. (laughs) How are you? Good, good. Yeah, real well. Good to talk to you on my birthday. How about that? You were teasing me a little bit. Sixty-two, man, old timer. Did you help? Hey, Mike, did you help Phil get into his chair? (laughs) No, he helped me, actually. Oh, yeah, I know it is, but we've got to just keep going no matter how old we are, right, Gus? Whatever, uh, I'm going to try to make it to 120 myself. I'm going to be doing pull-ups at 85, hopefully. There you go. What are you now? I'm 48. I'll be praying for you. Yeah, got a little ways to go. (laughs) Not even halfway through my life yet, hopefully. (laughs) Retirement is not in the Bible, we know that. How about you and your church, Gus? Uh, Do you have people in their late 60s, 70s, 80s that are that get that and are really engaged with serving God, or are, do you have couch potatoes in your church? What a great question. You know, actually, we don't have a lot of older uh, retirement age. We've got a few retirement couples, mm-hmm. you know, most, but most of our couples, you know, like whatever, we got like 40 other families that are in their 30s. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's another local... T- uh, church in town who has an older congregation. They're even a little bit bigger than us on a Sunday morning, but they're, all their guys are like 55 plus, right? Okay. And I'm not saying that that's super old, but these guys are retired. And his his lament, my friend, pastor friend's lament is, man, I can't get these guys to do anything. They're like, hey, been there, done that. Now it's the 35-year-old's turn. And I've always thought, you know, when you're 65, 70, you can really sow into 35-year-old guy. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do the work of the ministry, but hey, let's minister to those who are doing the work of the ministry so they can do it better than you did when you were 35, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, and the, the other thing, too, is how that 35-year-old can mentor you as a 65-year-old or a 58-year-old. Well, they kind of keep a spring in they do. step, I would assume. They you know? do, because when Jackie and I, we mentor... Uh, couples that are dealing with uh, struggling in their marriages. Mm-hmm. We're mentor, certified mentors uh, for that. And, man, I'm telling you, it is. it comes back to you yeah. tenfold. Well, and no it's question. Just, but the wisdom that you've gained, you know, Mike is a good example of someone that isn't just sitting back and watching TV or doing whatever. I mean, now you've got time. You're not working a 50-hour-a-week a job or whatever it is. You can take those hours and putting into something that is uh, continuing to sell. we got to keep going. Guys, they feel like they want to relax. They just want to relax and fish <laughs> and make sure their lawn is manicured. And I'm like, I get it. Go fishing. Have a nice-looking lawn. But come on. Yeah. You're still part of the body of Christ. And let's, you know, you're still the elbow. You might just... Yeah. Have a little bit of arthritis in you. I'll come up and <laughs> I'll come up and speak to you, to those to those people. Yeah, crack the whip on them. There I have go. a nice lawn. I go fishing. Yeah. I spend time at the lake. You got the nicest lawn in and town. And I st- <laughs> no. and I still find time to yeah. do things for Jesus. It's not you. You yeah. can't look at it as a job. You have to look at it as this is this is what God has called me to do it's in this exciting. stage of my life. But again, Gus, it's true where we have to uh, be asking God every day, what would you have me do? Isn't that so important? You know, we've got to open that door to the Holy Spirit saying, God, show me, show me, show me, show me what I should do. Yeah, like he's gifted us. Like we are, you know, the illustration is a body. 
right? So, yeah. you know, if, if a knee is not working in your church, then not only is you going to have a bum leg, you're not even going to have a shin, Yeah, right? That's you're right. not going to have an ankle, <laughs> because the knee has to be working. So if we can get people working and partnering with the Holy Spirit to be sanctified so that they can minister to the community, that's, you know, fantastic. I, I don't like the fact that sometimes God's bride walking down the aisle, some snaggletooth, you know, <laughs> you know, limping, you know, bride that's all mangled up. Like, yeah, yeah. God wants us to be healthy and have a, a gait that is, you know, strong and yeah. wonderful and, you know, not emaciated and yeah. broken down. Absolutely. And the thing to, to think that 35 to 50-year-olds should be doing all the work, I mean, come on, they're so busy. Usually with kids, they're working nowadays, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, and uh, yeah. that is a tough time to actually do ministry. It should be, you know, a lot easier for older folks. So anyway, I don't want to belabor a whole lot more, but uh, I know I'm not done, and I'm not sure if I ever will be. I just here, want to here. keep going. Amen. I mean, I can, I can keep flapping my jaws till who knows how long. But and I want right. to do yeah, a lot. Good thing more for me that. about preaching is I don't, I don't have to have a strong back or anything. I just got to have a strong <laughs> spine. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. Well, hey, on another subject, you know, we know that you're running for school board. Any, uh, any news on that front? Uh, no news. It's just unless somebody mounts some sort of write-in campaign, I will you're in. be on the school board because there's three openings and yeah. there's three people that are yeah. trying to vie for those. So I got an email uh, had to do with the Stillwater School here in Minnesota. And I do still think there's people out there that think, well, you know, maybe there's some wokeness going on in a few schools around the state, but it's probably not all that prevalent. And I tell you what, it is. I mean, it's in many, many schools around the state. And the Stillwater Teachers Union, this comes from the Center for the American Experiment, by the way. Uh, they're known as the uh, St. Croix Education Association. And uh, there's a bunch of school board candidates down there as well. Like we're seeing in Bemidji, 23 school board candidates. So the teachers union... Uh, 23 for how many... Opening. In Bemidji, there's five, five openings and 23 candidates. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's, it is quite a deal. And by the way, we have five candidates that are very, you know, God-fearing, conservative-type folks, common sense, that have banded together. And uh, I know our listeners are going to be hearing a lot about them in the uh, days to come. And I think that's a pretty good idea. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So people will know, you know, here's five really good people to vote for because... Hard to wade through 23 candidates. But this teachers' union, they sent out a questionnaire to the prospective school board candidates with 11 uh, different questions on it. Not one of the questions had to do with academic achievement or anything like that. Of course not. It's all this stuff. The, the union focused on divisive issues like racial identity, systemic and institutional racism, uh, one of the questions was, how has your racial identity shaped and informed your worldview? How are you actively, <laughs> yeah, how are you actively working to expand your own racial and cultural lens? Uh, I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. And one of the answers, and this I believe was from one of the, 
uh, left-leaning candidates. And I wanted to have you weigh in on what she said. This is exactly, I've got it word for word. Her first name is Beverly. She said, I... To what, to what question? Uh, having to do with uh, race issues and okay. your own racial identity. She said, I recognize that I have lived a life of privilege even though I grew up in a working-class household where money was often short. My march through life has been invisibly smoothed compared with the lives lived by those who do not have the advantage of having white skin. It is my duty, especially as a school board member, to recognize that privilege and continually educate myself about the experiences and needs of other cultures. Now, before you comment, I I guarantee you we have candidates at the Bemidji School that have this exact same uh, Mm -hmm. thought process on this particular issue. And uh, what what would you say, Gus, in response to what she just said? Ouch. I would say that she is misguided into thinking somehow she is where she is based upon the outside of her skin instead of the inside of her character. Like, didn't Martin Luther King Jr. say that he wants men to be judged by the content of their character? Yeah. Instead of their skin color, he said that. Right. So, I I just I'm regretful to think that somehow people believe that white privilege exists, and even though there is maybe a hint of truth to some of it, there is a yeah. greater privilege in having a mom and a dad. Why don't we talk? about the nuclear family privilege. Or how about this, just the privilege of being born American. That's maybe a privilege. But if you start talking about skin color being a privileged or not privileged, then everybody is a victim yeah. and a racist. You know, and if you go back 50 years, you know, obviously we had issues in this country 50, 60 years ago when it came to race. We've talked about this before. Uh, It was sad, uh, a lot of the things that were going on. And I'm not uh, saying that we still don't have isolated cases of really unfortunate things uh, by people that have, that remain prejudiced. But to be honest with you, it's, you know, going both ways now. There's no doubt about it with people, you know, doing very bad things against white people now because we continue to, we're regressing down this line. They just don't let it go. Uh, yeah. we, we've made so much progress, and now this whole thing is blown up again, and uh, all of a sudden we have this whole white privilege situation. Yeah, we had morning. systemic racism in 1959. Yeah. Because of segregated schools and whites-only drinking fountains, for goodness sake. But, but we don't have, you know, systemic racism anymore. We yeah. just have a few nut jobs that think, Black people are better than other people because they're black, or white people are better than other people because they're white. And as soon as somebody starts espousing those, that kind of crazy sentiment, they actually take themselves out of the public discourse because they, they, ha- they just marginalize themselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, because nobody really takes any, like the KKK or these neo-Nazis, nobody really takes them seriously. They have no power. 
for nothing because they're not that many of them. I mean, come on. And here you have the teachers' union in a school like Stillwater, which is no doubt a big school. It's their front and center huge issue that they want the teachers to be teaching in that school. And they want all the school board members to be on board with this. I mean, you're, they're taking us back 50 years. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely. And, but there are people who believe what it is you and I and Mike believe that are maybe even running for school board down there that don't have enough, enough guts to say it simply because they don't want to be, you know, chastised or, you know, canceled. And I've just decided I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah. You know, like if you want to cancel me because I believe critical race theory is in itself racist, then go right ahead, I guess. It's not going to keep me from saying what I believe I'm supposed to say. Well, I am so glad that parents have really risen up to fight back on some of these things. And not only that issue, but then this whole uh, hypersexualized stuff going on in our schools as well. A couple of really. Yeah, we shouldn't even be talking about sex in yeah. school, for goodness sake. What does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? Like, what yeah. is that? It's just incredible to me that it's yeah. sex ed, sex education. It, you know, I'm not trying to be too glib or, or naive. Like, I get it. It's an important part of the human experience, but I don't know that I want somebody that isn't me teaching my yeah. kids about that. And get this, in Stillwater School, 42% of students are not meeting proficiency standards for reading, 44% not meeting proficiency standards for math or uh, based on the recent MCA scores. That's what you've got to be working yeah, on. Yeah, they're too busy worried about if they're a victim because they're black or because they're white. It's, you know, like, yeah. get over it, for goodness sake. Can't we just be human? We've got to get these schools back in line. I mean, it's just incredibly sad, and that's why the, this election is very, very important. We've got, yeah, teach my yeah. kid how to synthesize a quadratic equation, please. Talk to them about Nazism and what a demonic, devilish, yeah. you know thing that was but don't try to victimize my white kids for being white yeah (laughs) oh boy now so much work to do so please vote you guys and please do research if you want to know more about these five candidates running for school board in Bemidji and I know we've got uh, elections all over the QFM listening area Uh, and if you have some candidates you know of if you're listening Please let us know at QFM. We wouldn't mind if being a bit of a clearinghouse. If you want to know uh, who to vote for, we well, I mean, we'll give you some suggestions. We're not going to tell you who to vote for, but there are people, Mike, that just kind of want to know, right? I mean, you go into that ballot and you see 23 names. Yeah, I if- will. I plan to get, I, I had my secretary print out a list of, of, the, of the ballot, my local ballot, and I'm going to go through, I'm going to do the research, and I'm going to encourage my congregation to vote for certain people. There you go. Just like I would encourage them to, you know, I like to say this, if I can tell you what to do in your bedroom, I can tell you what to do in your voting booth. And what I mean by that is, yeah. listen, you're only supposed to be, you know, with your spouse of the opposite sex, you know, in your bedroom. Yeah. And so I can certainly give you my opinion on who I think you should vote for in the voting booth, too. 
That is a breath of fresh air coming from a pastor. It just is, Gus. And uh, that's why we talk to you every week. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, usually my wife says my breath smells bad, so thank you for that, yeah. brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Well, Gus, we're going to let you go, but thank you very much for weighing in. And uh, next week is our pledge drive. How about that? Mm-hmm. Our fall faith right race. So we'll connect with you, and and uh, that'll be fun to have you on next week, too. So Sounds excellent. Okay. Thanks, Gus. God bless. All right. This is your life. God's truth. Whoop, that's your job. See, I'm out of practice. I know. Let's start it over again. This is your life. God's truth. Your QFM.